Hey everyone, welcome to the Telos Running Podcast. My name is Steve and I'm here with Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Hey. Um, we're here with you in episode 10 of our podcast. Uh, thanks to all of you who have been going on this journey with us. We're, um, you know, last two weeks we spent time talking a lot about our personal journey. And so this week we thought we would change directions, pivot, and talk um, a lot more about practical applications. And this week we're actually going to cover a topic that um, I know is one that Kristen really feels strongly about and one that um, I always feel strongly about, but I, it's, I found it really challenging in my own personal experience and also challenging in, as a coach in terms of getting athletes to implement it. So we're discussing visualization this week. And um, I would call this probably the least implemented mental training technique that people have. Um, I think it's one that people always give lip service to or discuss the possibility of doing. But um, the way I understand this process of visualization, um, it's a lot more like what I would call meditating on purpose. And that's meant to be a double entendre, both on the idea of doing it with intent and focusing that meditation on a specific topic, but also talking about your purpose and why you're doing a thing. And so that's our sort of subtitle this week is meditating on purpose. Cool. So we'll jump right in. Um, I was waiting for Kristen to give me a little head nod to say she was um, present and correct, but you know, oh we God. all probably know she's always present and correct. Okay, well, so. a couple of things. One, I'm in the middle of eating really delicious chocolate with sea salt, and also my mom keeps texting me. So. Oh, there we go. See, multitasking, multitasking. So, um, like I said, I think that uh, the idea of visualization is one that is... Um, Again, given a lot lip service, but not necessarily implemented on a on a consistent basis. And so we want to kind of frame this in a way that will allow you maybe to be a little less intimidated by the process, um, but also really try to show you that there are some significant gains that can be made that will really play out in your race. Um, and I think once you hear us talk through the different plot, the different pieces of this, it'll make more sense to you. Um, Kristen, I know that you've had a lot of personal experience with using visualization techniques um, in racing and in training. So we're going to be relying heavily on you for uh, uh, practical application since mine has been slim to none over my career. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about this one. Yeah, I can talk about this without being too squishy, touchy-feely. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, my do as I say, not as I do, right? So, uh, But I have been working a lot more on this particular topic. So, um, When did you even race last and use visualization? <laughs> I'm going to throw you under the bus here. You're not throwing me under the bus. Um, like, the last time I used visualization techniques was prior to the Pikes Peak Marathon probably 10 or 12 years ago because um, I had run that race so many times I knew how it went. And... I'll be talking a little bit about that because I'll be talking about all the pain and suffering I was going through and how that helped me. The pain I had gone through many years before and running that course really lined me up well for figuring out a way to think through managing that. So, yeah, I've done it, but I just haven't done it with a lot of consistency. And I'm now realizing we talk about self-talk. We talk about mantras. We talk about... Um, having your strategy right. We talk about all these different mental training techniques, and yet this one seems to be the one that, in my opinion, may have the biggest bang for the buck, and it also, but it also is the most uh, misunderstood and um, probably labor-intensive, and it's got a little woo factor, right? So maybe that's why we're talking about it, too, because it's a little woo-woo as well. Yeah, I think 
obviously this is not what we're talking about, but I think sometimes when we start talking about these types of mental training techniques, maybe people think of like, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and you're going to say, you are wonderful and you've got this. And like the Stuart Smalley game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh, look how big your muscles are. Wow. You know, but that's, I mean, kudos to you if you do that and that works, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. We, we dedicated an entire episode to affirmations. And if you dug that episode, um, you want to make your affirmations even stronger. Your affirmations will get even more powerful and more effective by utilizing visualization techniques to boot because these visualization techniques take that idea and put it into really the DNA. Um, And there's a lot of science to this. There's a lot of peer-reviewed studies out there that you can look at that will tell you exactly Sciency documents. all this science shit that will tell you that this <laughs> stuff is real i'm not going to reference those if you're that kind of person you can go find them believe me this is a heavily studied area and one that is indisputable in its benefits so if you want to know more about what those things are go check them out but the way your brain works basically is it doesn't completely understand the difference between a thing you did and I think you, a thing that you visualize that you do. And so it will, if it's visualized appropriately and effectively, and we'll give you the techniques to do that, your brain won't know the difference. And so therefore, you will have been able to have had an experience of running your race, if you visualize it, repeated times. And then your mind will be much better prepared for the actual experience of that race. And freakily or um, in woo-woo ways of synchronicity and things like that, many people talk about how the way that they visualized a race, how similar it actually played out in real time. So anyway, enough preamble. Basically, what is visualization? So visualization... What is it called? Visualization. Visualization is basically mental rehearsal. So... It's creating a mental image of a goal or experience that you would like to have in the future. So it's seeing, and this is really key, feeling a series of steps that are in anticipation of your result, your goal, or your experience. And I think this is really important to talk about a little bit because um, it's not a fantasy, right? It's not some, um, well, I'd really like to meet tall, dark, and handsome in the middle of the, you know, it's, it's a lot more about getting clear on the things that you want and and would like to have occur and then putting together the steps necessary to make it happen. We're not talking about fantasy and we'll get a lot more into that in detail as we go along. So that's what visualization is. It's mental rehearsal. It's meditating on purpose, however you want to call it. So how it works. So we're going to break this down into two basic categories. Um, the first one um, we've heavily scripted and we've kind of gone through. And the second one, we are um, having going to have a little more fun and sort of work our way through from a, from a, a winging it perspective. Um, because we started to do all the work and then we thought, no, let's script one section and then let's kind of play with the other section. So we'll see how we do. I'm totally flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah, you are. I kind of, pre- I kind of prep- prepped this one almost completely. You keep looking at me all like bug-eyed, like, oh, do we, can we do this? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting. Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. I'm waiting for your first F-bomb. Anyway. Fuck. Okay, there we go. Is that better? So, how it works. So, the first thing we're going to talk about is preparation, and then the second thing that we'll talk about um, is the actual practice. So, 
And a lot of people will say, well, isn't, why are you going to spend so much time prepping this process? Because the process is spooky and crazy, and it doesn't always work out exactly the way that you want to the first time. And I think it's really important for you to have a basic understanding of the preparation and know where you're standing before you get started. Especially when you go into something that's really new for you. you I think with this stuff, it's really easy. Like with, with meditation, it's really easy to get discouraged by a failed attempt. And I think when you minimize your chances at failure or perceived failure, um, it's a little bit easier to just go, just breathe through it and go, okay, well, I didn't get to that time or whatever. You know, you have more of a clear direction that you're trying to take. Yeah, zero doubts about that. I mean, I w I'll tell you from my personal experience, the reason I didn't visualize effectively or consistently was because I didn't do very well at it the first couple times I tried it and I just quit. Um, I ended up doing it without knowing I was doing it later because I wanted to get through some particular bad patches of some races and I knew I was going to hit some snags and so I started thinking through it and I wasn't even really calling it visualization. It wasn't until years later that I looked back and said, wow, I was actually visualizing. So yes, this is a thing you need to prep for so that the practice of it and the experience of it is more seamless and easier to manage. Um, so the first step, Kristen, is to have a goal. And you guys, that you should probably, many of you will be like, well, duh. But I, I think that this is really important. And um, it sets the stage from the very beginning of saying any visualization will not be effective if there's not an end you're trying to reach with it. And the reason for that is because you're trying to affect a behavior. Now, I might not be completely, someone could probably come up with a scenario in which not having a goal, you could visualize it. But I do think that for the context that we're talking about, about prepping for a race or prepping for training, um, you need to know what your end in mind is. So what's your telos? What's your purpose for doing the thing? And if you know that, if you've got your clear goal and your goal is specific, it's achievable, and you know it, um, then you'll be much more effective at getting the visualization done. You think there's anything more we need to talk about with that? No, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, so if you don't know anything about goal setting, you can go, there are plenty of things out there. Maybe there'll be some at some point in time, some future episode we'll do on goal setting. But to me, that is... We, we probably won't do an episode. We probably won't because it's so remedial. Um, we might talk about like like three, like class 312 on, you know, instead of one, one you know, goal setting 101, we'll do goal setting advanced studies. But... Um, no, basically know your goal, make sure it's clear, it's specific, and you can delineate it and you know what it is because that will make the entire process better. And then the next part, Kristen, is be real. Do the work. Correct. I mean, you can't have not done the training in order to be able to run, to, to set yourself up for a visualization. Yeah, I mean, I think this really boils down to don't think that by visualizing your goal like that's going to be enough you have to have shown up every day done the work given your best um just like affirmations right just writing down what it is you want out of life isn't going to make that thing happen part of what makes it so powerful visualizations affirmations meditation is that you are putting in the work on on several different levels to achieve this thing right so you can it's I was talking to Steve earlier about this. You can just waking up and showing up doesn't get you a paycheck. No, you've got to wake up, you've got to get dressed, you've got to drive to work, you got to park, you got to go in and you got to do the work and then you get a paycheck. Maybe. 
<laughs> right. But you just, so it's the same with this. Don't just visualize and think, okay, well, that's enough, or I don't have to work as hard or whatever. And I don't think many people would do it that way, but we're not sitting here advocating that this is some sort of crazy magic that you just wave a wand and... Exactly. I mean, you're not going to make the impossible happen just through visualization. Although, I do think that there are scenarios that visualization has proved out. Um, I know there have been studies that have been done where people were not able to actually train, but they were able to achieve a goal based on visualizing their way through all the steps necessary to get that goal. I mean, I would say that that person was probably very advanced at their sport because they were able to believe it. And this is a key thing about the visualization process is you have to believe it. And that's why your goal is so important. Like you have to believe that you can achieve the thing. And so then you have to have done the work. And if you, if you haven't run sub threes and you're in th a th sub three hour marathon and you're in 315 shape, visualization is not going to get you by itself to that three hour time. You're, it's only going to make your 315 time more reasonable, more manageable. And, and if you are in 315 shape and you met it and you do this visualization technique, um, it almost, I, I would, I very, I'm very hesitant to say guarantee, but if you do it the way we're talking about doing it, I, I kind of feel like you are in a guaranteed situation of achieving it, unless you just run into like a terrible weather day, right? Some kind of complete aberration. But I think if someone who was an effective met, um, visualizer could potentially even negate the negative effects of a weather terrible weather conditions by the process of visualization if they were experienced and and did a quality enough visualization. Yeah, I think that goes that goes both ways, right? I mean, I know I've certainly used visualization um, to get me prepared for any sort of you know when I was going to run or when I ran Boston, I used it. We you know you never know what kind of weather you're going to run into, so you might as well like run through the reel of your mind every scenario that could possibly happen. But I think we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Yeah, we will. We'll talk about that as we get into more of the practical applications of it. But um, so here in the process of, of preparation, you know, those are the first two suggestions we make. Number one, um, make sure you've got a clear goal. And then, um, and then we want to make sure that your goal is real and that's realistic and it's something that you can achieve. Um, because now the real work starts and that's scripting. And I think one of the things I also didn't realize about visualization when I first started doing it at a younger age was I was trying to come up with these ideas in my head and to, to simulate the circumstances that the race was going to play out. And all I was doing was doing it in real time in that moment. And I, was, I hadn't taken the time to go through and do my homework and do the actual work of writing down what um, a visualization might be. And so that's where we are really going to put a lot of our time and attention on this episode is ensuring that you all will script um, as effectively as possible. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about how this will play out in the long run. But, and for most of you who are thinking about this, you're distance runners, so you're running the 10K, the half marathon, or the marathon, and it's not likely you're going to have, especially as beginners, the ability to um, script or visualize through 26.2 miles or 10K or 6.2 miles. That in some cases is, you know, 30 minutes to an hour and a half or, um, you know, two hours to five hours of time. It's very difficult to 
to consider as a beginner visualizer that you'll be able to do it for that amount of time. I'm going to even stop you there because that's really intimidating because I don't know, I feel like I feel like visualization has really helped me, but I suck at it. Like what I mean is to even consider that you might be good right off the bat at a mile. Like that's probably not going to happen. Have you ever not you, but you listener, have you ever sat down to meditate like i've been meditating for almost two years now and i can do a couple of minutes before my mind starts to wander so i think don't i just wanted to interrupt you on that because i don't get discouraged by when you do sit down and you last 20 seconds before your mind wanders that's okay the point isn't how long can you go or like how good are you at it it's just that you're doing it, that you're putting your heart into this thing and that, because no matter what, it will help, right? No doubt. And and the scripting process kind of takes out, the reason I brought up the idea of, or this discussion about how much time it would take is that what I'm saying is you're not going to script two hours of time and you're not going to visualize for two hours of time. And yes, and, and, I, and, and to even say that, you're right, Kristen, in some senses, it almost makes it seem like, well, what are you asking me to do? Well, right now, what we're asking you to do is just to write a script, right? If you care enough about your race, you should already be in the process of kind of scripting out the way you want your race to go. And this process should start. And the reason we've come up with this topic now is because we're in four weeks out from Boston, six weeks out to eight weeks out to 12 weeks out from key spring marathons. And many of our athletes that we're coaching are also getting ready for 5Ks, 10Ks, and they're all in race season. And so the work has been done. We've set the goal and we've done the work we're re and we're real, right? And we're realistic about where we're at and we've done the work that we needed to do. But now what are the next steps that we can take? This is what it is. This is, the t this is what you should be spending your time doing as you finish up your last key quality workouts. And we'll talk a little bit in the practical application about how we can do that in workouts. But the key thing here is you need to be thinking about what your race plan is anyway for whatever race you're running for your command performance. Um, and visualization, in my opinion, is the best place to start is with a command performance race because you've got, you've got some real skin in the game. You know, your sphincters puckered up a little bit even this far out thinking about what you've got coming up. And you should be getting a little nervous about it. If you're, if you're not, then your goal is either really, really easy or you don't give a fuck. So it's one of the two, right? And um, so this scripting process really requires you first to kind of go through and create your race plan. So if you haven't done that, that's something you really want to try to do before you start this script process. Or it is even effective to actually do your race plan as you are making a script because some of the same things that you'll be doing um, from a scripting process will also play in with what you're doing from a um, strategy standpoint. So, all right, so the key things here with scripting, what we're gonna do is, I want you to break the race down to, into four or five sections for whatever your race is. And again, I'm not giving you the definitive model for visualization, I'm giving you a practical way to apply it right now. Um, if you visualize more and more, you'll be able to do this better and better. And in the future, if you continue to do this, even within this four to six week window, you might even be able to get eight to 10 different stations down that you could visualize your way through. But for starters, just to get started, make a big picture plan of what your race strategy is and how you're gonna run the race, and then pick four or five different sections of that race to visualize. Um, so 
with that in mind, that's where we're starting out. And then from there, we want to basically set up your mindset and your setting. So we want to set up the set and the setting for this process. Um, and with set and with setting, we're talking about your mind and the way that your mind works and how you want your mental game to be as you go into these sections of these, these four to five sections. But we're also asking you to get really detailed and pretty finely tuned with what's going on around you. That's the setting. So, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through this. But, um, so what we're trying to do is to have as many details as possible lined up. About the race or about their mindset? Well, their mindset, both. First of all, in their mindset, they should be have their race plans written out with what they're thinking they want to be. And that's a lot of mindset for me is mantras, right? Right. Like, you know, at the beginning, stay calm. You know, at the five mile mark, you're get on pace. You know, and, and a lot of what goes on with mindset is set your mantra up, plan your mantra, get it right. That's really the sort of mindset you're in. Okay, we're at five miles and we're in the race and we want to get calm. Now visualization comes into play. We're going to go through and get as many different specific descriptions of what's going on at that particular point that you want to have this experience. Yeah, so I think that's when, um, I don't know if you want to talk about now, um, race videos, um, race reports. You can go on a few different websites. Steve, what were the websites you were talking about? So I've, in my research, I hadn't really looked at this in a long time, so I didn't know if they were out there. But marathon.com is a great place to go, um, and they've got, a lot of different things, race reports and things of that nature. What you're looking for is race reviews or race reports that basically indicate experiences that others have had in your race. So if you've run your race before, then you probably already have an idea of where you're at at mile five, at mile 10, at mile 15, at mile 20. And you want to first use your specific memories of the specific sensations that might have happened at that time. Um, and if you're, so you want to do some due diligence and just line up based on your race strategy, some memories that you have of those locations. And then I would also suggest from there, if you already are running a race that you've run before, that then you get some other people's perspectives and maybe you interview some of your training partners or other people or just have a conversation with them. If you've run Boston before, yeah, I did too. Tell me about your experience of mile five, mile seven, mile 12, mile, whatever the points that you're going to plan your visualization in, get their feedback. Because not because you're going to use their experience, but because they're going to trigger in your own mindset experiences that you remember too. 16 miles. Do you remember seeing the, at Boston, do you know where the, where the fire station is? Can you see the fire station? I remember talking about the fire station to many people. And they're like, I've never seen a fire station. And I've run Boston eight times. Well, guess what? After that, they're like, oh, I saw the fire station. I know where it is now. Well, that's important as you utilize this visualization technique because you want to be able to have as many different specific senses pulled into this game. So if you're also utilizing, um, and there's a number of different ways. If, you're, if you've already run this course, you can also go through. But those people who have not run a race course before, let's say that you're running um, London or you're running, um, I don't know, you know, mountains to beach and you've never run it before, you, you want to get as much information as you can so that you can do your visualization properly. So my suggestion is to use these websites. One is called um, bibrave.com, B-I-B-R-A-V.com. Another one is racerave.com. These are basically 
websites that will give you race race re- reviews. And that's people talking about their experiences. Um, an even better way to do this, and the one that I've used many, many times, is to do a Google search for the race that you want to run or that you're going to be running. Let's say it's Mountains to Beach. I would Google search Mountains to Beach 2018, which was last year. And I would also put in race report. And what will come up are people's blog posts. Uh, their experience is running different races at different locations. And you can read through their races. And some of them are incredibly detailed. And they have will provide for you some keys that you'll be able to utilize to help you with your visualization process. Um, I want to make this one caveat here as I say this. It really doesn't matter what actually happens in real time with your visualization. What we're trying to do is really dial in what's happening in your preparation process for this. So what's your experience of doing it is key. And so don't worry so much if I'm not going to see that trash can or I'm not going to have that experience. By reading other people's reports, it will allow you to get a more visual and more deep sensory experience of that visualization. I think, for me at least, an almost a better a better way to go about this because I'm not, I don't know, this is just me, but I don't have a lot of patience for race reports, even for people that I know. It's like, I don't want to read through 18 reports about how so-and-so got their period at mile eight or like whatever. Um, not that they're not relevant or helpful because they totally are, but for almost every race, if you do a YouTube search, somebody has run the damn thing with a GoPro. Um, that's what I did with CIM. I watched about 16, <laughs> 16 hours of that footage over a few months. Um, you can fast, you, you know, you can put it on fast forward and watch it, you know, in quadruple time or whatever. But a lot of races, even small races have, um, have somebody that has, that has GoPro'd. That's the thing, right? GoPro. Yeah. That has, GoPro to the experience. And so you can... It's kind of video run-through of the race. Right. Um, or even um, looking at different mile markers and looking at it on satellite view with Google Maps, I think is a really good way to just sort of see what's going on around there if you know, you're know you doing a race that you've never done before that's several hundred miles away or thousand miles away or whatever. Yeah, those folks run in Boston, you have no excuse. There are books and books written about your race. And... Um, and that course hasn't changed in forever. So, But the point here that we're making is the more details that you can get about your race course, um, the better. Um, first option is your own personal experience. Second option is the experience of others around you. Um, so Kristen's argument about watching the video, that means you would be having a first time, your own real experience of it. So um, I was just trying to give some other options there, um, even if they're really stupid and they don't make any (laughs) sense. But anyway, (laughs) there'll be some who enjoy it and some who don't. Um, That's the wonderful thing about this podcast is um, somebody likes to take the piss out of me, so it's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm not going (laughs) to... Oh, Steve, you're so right. (laughs) I am, though. Anyway, so (laughs) the next part of this process is, so we've got your basic script set up where you've gone through and you got your your race plan. You have gone through and you set up your mindset. You've gone through your specific key places on the course with your mantras and things like that, so you've got your head right. You've gone through the setting and you've tried to get as much detail-oriented as you possibly can about that. And what I mean by that is, at the turn at mile 16, I see a 
um, the road starts to climb up. What does that road climbing up look like? Try to get as detail-oriented as you can about it, right? So from here, I want to make sure that everybody understands, even though we're going to be doing the process of visualization, this is much more than a visual thing. What we're asking you to do is to basically implement and utilize all five senses. We're going to use the sense of sight using your eyes, sense of smell using your nose, sense of taste with your mouth, sense of um, touch with your skin, and the sense of sound with your ears. Um, we're going to go through a couple of these to give you examples. And just to repeat, we are still in the scripting phase. We're asking you to write all this information down, get it as detailed and as depth, deep as you possibly can, um, so that you're going to have a more effective script as you go through this, this um, visualization process. So let's talk about a few examples of somebody, what somebody might use from a site perspective. I mean, sight's easy because we can't, We just went through that sort of like mile markers um, or if you know, actually, here's a good one too. If you have family or friends who are going to be out there, grill them. Where are you going to be? When are you going to be there? Um, so you know at least that, I don't know, your dad is going to be at mile six. So you can visualize seeing your dad and what that might feel like. Um, so that's sort of... You can, some of these will sort of cross over with one, with one another. You see your dad and then you have this sensation of feeling what it feels like to see somebody there. Or you script it and then you ask your dad to stand there. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for those of you who get too mental, like, just be careful with that because a lot of that you want to be new and exciting and you don't, you don't want to play this to death, right? Because this is supposed to be a fun and almost spiritual exercise, right? Um, so just... I disagree. <laughs> wow this look should be the, like look how the tables have turned here yeah, I think this should be straight up let, at least in this process like get get the shit on paper like get it down yeah but I just don't think that we want to so what happens if your dad can't be there like That's what true. happens if he gets lost and you're like oh fuck we practiced this 18,000 times and like he's not here so what do I do and I, I, there is the danger for that, except I would, did say at the very beginning of this that, again, this is mostly the proper, the, the mostly the process of this entire thing is for you to have less stress and a better experience of the race itself. If the race itself plays out the way that you visualized, all the better. It will, it will literally go to the next level. But if not, what it's done is at least prepped you for the process through it. So I'm not really disagreeing with you, Kristen. I totally understand that there is a double-edged sword there, and I'm, I'm completely yeah, cognizant of that. I think this all depends. You guys know yourselves, and you know, like, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'm too fucking mental to go down that road. Um, so if you can handle that, do it. If you can't, don't. So more examples of sight. What other things would people use? Or do you want to move to the next one? I Smell. Would move, yeah, I would move to the next one. So give us a few examples of things someone might use for smell to um, to sort of get a better, more detailed script as they go into the visualization process? Well, if you're running next to your smelly-ass training partner... <laughs> you who you know, know. Who you know. You know who <clears throat> you are. <clears throat> well, we're not going to... Names won't be named, right? <laughs> um, no, but I don't know. Jeez, let's see. Um is it, do you know that it's going to rain that day? Like maybe you, you're practicing this a little bit before. What does the rain smell like? Or what do you smell like when you sweat? Or what does your nutrition smell like? Or I can give an example. When I was in high school and in college and I ran on the track, 
the smell of cut grass always made me realize that it was track season. And so there's a specific thing I could do if I was in the middle of the winter getting prepped for my next race because I would know that the smell of cut grass. What we're asking you to do is if smell is not one that's obvious for you, don't stress and don't stretch the limits of it. Just use what comes at hand, but we want you to use all five of your senses. Um, so the sense of taste, for many marathoners, practicing and prepping your um, nutrition plan during the race is really important, and doing that in practice is really important. And so getting an idea of what gels you're going to be taking or what fuel you're going to be taking, what sugars you'll be taking into your body, how you're going to do that can really help you with your visualization process because now you've got another sense tied into your script and another sense tied into this visualization process. So using um, taste can help. Um, touch. An example is, you know, uh, on you know you're going to run a race that's going to be in the heat, it's going to be hot. You can actually think about how the sweat is on your skin and what's going on with your body. And what we're doing here is basically kind of writing a fictional account of the race that you're going to be running and the more detail you can get the better um so anyway and you do the same thing with sound sound is probably the easiest one well sight and sound are probably the two easiest ones because you can visualize you can probably think already about the sound of the crowd you can script your own um playlist if you listen to music while you're running that at a certain point in time and along the line that you might listen to a certain song Kristen's furring her brow I, yeah because also if you're running Boston and you're listening to music like I don't I can't even with you all right well we don't want to we don't want to we don't want to kill everybody here but anyway <laughs> uh, other things that for sure for sound are your mantras like knowing your mantras and having them play out yes that there even though your mantra will not just be a thing in your mind it will actually play out in the way that you actually talk to yourself, um, even if it isn't a verbalization, there is a weird way in which those words sort of show themselves orally. <laughs> they sound even though they're not being actually verbalized. Yeah, and I think at this point you should have been practicing um, using your mantras at during workouts. Um, so they all, the ones that you're going to use on race day, they've all caught a rhythm, right? So if you've used them in long run workouts, um, and your MGP is 6.30, you know what that mantra sounds like to that 6.30 rhythm. Um, and so you can really use that. And I would a lot of times, um, I look kind of crazy, but I would whisper it to myself as I, as I ran, um, whether in a workout, mostly in workouts, um, when I ended up by myself, I would just whisper it to myself as sort of like, one, a way to like reinforce what I was out there doing, but also to just bring myself back into the act of doing what I was doing. So I think that's a really good way in a race setting to just sort of bring yourself into that present moment of the race and not um, into the future of the race of like, oh, well, what's it going to be like up there? Or what happens when I finish? Or will I finish on time? Um, any of those things. So just really... Being in the present moment with with a, your verbal mantra, I think, can really help. And if it can be something that if you're catching it to the to the rhythm of your of your foot strike, that can really create a cool sort of 
soundtrack for you that I don't know it worked it works for me and I oh it definitely works I think it works for most people if they're willing to do the homework and get the work done in advance yeah um, so we've got five senses that we talked about um, and utilizing all of those to help you script the most detail oriented and um, most sensory rich experience you can possibly have of that script um, Again, we haven't even started visualizing yet. All we're doing now is doing the preparation work. But you have something you want to, I can well, see. Well, yeah, no, I just, this is what you're doing is you're filming a movie in your head down to every last detail. Um, I think, which is what Steve basically keeps saying, but you're filming, you're going to be filming this in your head and playing it over and over again, ideally. So. And you would script, and you would practice that if you did as if you were making a movie script. You would go through rehearsals. You would go through step by step by step, and make sure that you were on point and in the right spot, so you could take that cue, and you would be in a position where right. you could manage it. Yeah. So the more detail you can get, it's sort of like the method acting version of of getting ready for your race, of meditating in your race. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about, though. Um, in my opinion, it's it's a topic that I think Kristen and I will be coming back and back to many many times as its own special topic, and this is what I'm calling the sixth sense, um, and this is what the neuroscience has told us, um, and the all the scientific evidence is pointing to the fact that it can be really effective to go through these scripts and to write all these things down and to do all this process, but if you haven't actually cooked this into your DNA, um, then it's really just calming you and not going to actually make that much of a difference. How do you cook it into your DNA? Through feeling. And this is the part that... Um, that I'm so pumped to talk about. And I am too. It just gets... I'm, I just know that it, it may be... I know we've had a few people on this podcast say, oh, I love where you're going with all this spiritual stuff, but can you go back to the specific training topics, right? Well, here, these, these correlate and these actually play in together in this exact spot. And this is why I think Kristen and I are so excited about where this podcast can go over the long haul is that, listen, people, you are a feeling machine and you're not your mind is in your body one way or another. And and that body has these feelings. They're autonomic. They, you just have this experience of it. You can't put your finger on it, right? These exact feelings. But you still experience in them, and they have a huge effect on what actually plays out in your real life. And when we go through the process of visualization, this is where the rubber meets the road and where the real magic is. If you can start, that's why it's so important to get in these five senses and to get as, as good a script as you can possibly get so that we can then begin to pull in the sensory experiences of those particular moments. What your body did feel like in the past or what your body wants to, what you want your body to feel like in the future. Um, and these are two different sides to the same coin. Feeling is one coin and you have to play it. But we're saying to you guys, many of you are going to feel much, much more comfortable with the head sides of the coin than you are with the tail side of the coin. And so we'll talk a little bit about that first. Um, but I want to talk about the whole coin first of all, which is that feelings will make the experience, they will trick your brain into thinking that you actually are doing the thing. Science has told us this. You will absolutely make your brain, your body, 
think, oh, I have done this before. But not if you just think through the process. You have to feel it. You have to get what it feels like to take that turn. What will happen? Do you have bubble guts? Do you have, um, what's the sweat feel like? What does the, the auditory experience feel like? If you hear your favorite song as you turn that corner, what will that feel like? Try as hard as you can to get that feeling. Now, for most of you, so that's the head side of the, that's the tail side of the coin, which is your future experience of this feeling moment. The head side of the coin is almost every single one of us can think back to some really bad feelings we've had in races. And I think so many people have a very hard time um, getting around this idea of feeling. I know it was probably the biggest hurdle for me to get over in my process of visualization was that I never really got to this feeling moment where I took these sensory experiences of the first five senses and then I pulled it into the sixth sense, which is, oh, but that feels like this. The, the taste of my gel makes me feel this. What is that? The sound of cheering as I go through this particular part of the course makes me feel like this. What is that? Because if you get that down, if you can get down what that feeling experience is and you can pull that into your visualization, you will next level shit your visualization process no matter what. Yeah, I think... There's that part, and then there's also the like squishier part, and especially for those of you who have raced before. Like, um, so one of the things that I practiced, and when I would, well, I guess we'll talk about this at some point, but when I would visualize, I would not only do it through sitting meditation, um, but also I would visualize, and I only did the end of um, whatever race was coming up. Um, so I would visualize the last mile or two, three, four of whatever marathon I had coming up. And um, I would do that on every run that I went on. Easy, hard, didn't matter, long, short. Always um, visualize the end of the race that was coming up at the end of the run. And so I'm super lucky I didn't get hit by a car or <laughs> anything like that. Um, I feel like I've been hit by a car. <laughs> but, and so I know it's interesting because I didn't plan for this to happen, but I would get, I would not only visualize the setting, but also visualize the feelings that I get at the end of the race. And one of the things I often did was um, I would visualize seeing Steve or my teammates at the end of a race and how emotional that I might feel looking at the clock, seeing that not only am I hitting my goal time, but I'm surpassing it, um, seeing my teammates, seeing my coach and feeling like, what is that going to feel like in my heart and on my skin as that's happening? And um, what's funny is that every single marathon I've ever done, I hyperventilate when that happens um, because I, I get so emotional that I like I'm crying and I'm breathing hard because I'm trying to run really fast. And when I started visualizing um, the end of a race, I would get that same feeling, not intentionally on runs, on easy runs when I would use visualization where I would, um, I would start to hyperventilate because I could really feel those emotions of being at the end of, of the race and so on the next race that i ran which was cim it's so funny because i started to hyperventilate at the end of the race because i was so happy i knew i was going to get my goal um and i went 
oh, I've dealt with this before. Yeah, been here, done that. Right, but that wasn't intentional. That was sort of a, a total side note, like a, a total a side benefit that I didn't even expect. But it was like, oh, well, I, I've done this a billion times on training runs. I know how to calm myself down. Calm down. Like, let's finish this race, and then you can cry like a little tiny little crybaby, <laughs> which I did. But um, so, and but if, that pulling in of that sensory experience made your visualiz visualization so much more effective. And basically, it baked it into your DNA. It's baking it into your system. You know, where it bakes it, I don't know. I say baking it into your DNA. I don't know enough about the fucking science to tell you that that's actually happening. I mean, it's practicing. But it's, but it's putting, yeah, but it's doing something even more than that is what they're telling us is that we're practicing with feeling basically takes it to the point of that you've now practiced it to the point that your body thinks it's done it in the race. And that's the magic of this. So ways in which feeling can get played in. I just want to give you a couple of um, just other sensory experiences that are not in your first five senses that might fit this feeling space. So, Kristen and I's hero, Ilya Kipchoge, how many, almost everybody listening to this podcast at this point in time has probably seen him running and they know one of his characteristic and most famous things that he does in a race is smile. And whether he's actually smiling or not smiling, we know for a fact that this is something that he practices in training all the time and it's part of his entire visualization process that he utilizes the smile as part of his game and so the smile is just one way you know the smile is not um it's doing some physical thing but it doesn't fit a clear description of those first five senses it's much more about this sixth sense of feeling um laughing could be another version of that um relax the idea of relaxation. What does relaxation feel like? We know what a smile feels like. We know what laughing feels like. We know what relaxing feels like. And most of us have, have a, some kind of sensory experience of what focusing feels like. So those are just four or five different specific sort of sixth sense feeling categories that I would ask you to kind of go through if you're really struggling with this idea of where do I find feeling to have to make my visualization better. And I just want to reiterate one more time, um, this special note about the feelings is that if you've got to start with the negative, then start with the negative. Um, and if you have to um, use a less than optimal scenario because that's what you remember and that's what you feel, then we should utilize that experience in order to... Um, it gets started with this process of feeling. Because even if you have to start from a negative place, you've at least got yourself in a position where you're starting to realize what feeling does to your body. And that negative feeling of, oh, my legs were so, so heavy at the 23rd mile. Well, start there. Let's start with that negative feeling, and then we can re-script later. As we go along, as you get better and better at this, you'll be able to take that feeling and say, oh, this is how I feel, and then you can make a resolution to that negative feeling. You can have a resolution to that negative experience that will allow you to basically tap into this feeling sixth sense part that we're talking about. Cool. So um, one last thing I want to talk about in this process of scripting. Here we go. We've gone this entire time. You were right. I thought it was only going to take us 20 minutes to go through the scripting process. And here we are like 45 minutes into the podcast. But um, I was what? Right. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, 
the last point that I want to make, which is really, really important, is it's really important that your point of view be considered in the process of this scripting of your visualization because it will also be really, really important with how you actually visualize. We need this to come from the point of view of your own eyesight. So you want to be the star of this movie. As Kristen was talking about, we're sort of scripting a movie and producing a movie in your own mind. It's really important as you write this script to write it from the viewpoint and from the, the, the literal space of you seeing it from your out of your eyes rather than you being sitting in the movie theater watching it on a screen. Um, it's really, really important to do this. And um, once you've started this process of visualizing, if you've visualized and script, if you've scripted from the point of view of the audience, it makes it way harder to move back to scripting from your own point of view or a, a specific POV of your of your own eyesight. So um, you have any experience of that, Kristen, where you've utilized one or the other and seen any experience of it? No, I mean, it just for me, it's like, it only makes sense to do it from my point of view. So I don't think, I've never tried it any other way. Yeah, I know I have. And I know that that was another thing that sort of became challenging for me was that then I was like, well, how do I feel that thing if I'm just watching it on a screen? You know, it takes the music and the exact pitch of the director's perfect cut to make you get that emotional feel that you have. It's so much more powerful and impactful if you do it from your point of view. All right, so we'll wrap up there, this initial, this, got, this part of the discussion about scripting, and now we'll go into the practice of it. So, um, and it, it, once you've done, if you've done your homework on the script side, then the practice becomes uh, really pretty simple. We've just got a few key considerations we want you to take in. Um, when it comes to this you know, actual practice or doing of the visualization. So this kind of falls into two basic categories. The first is visualization techniques that you'll practice in the quiet of your own space or some kind of place where it's quiet and um, you're going to probably, in most cases, have your eyes closed. It'll mimic a meditation experience. Um, to optimize that, you want to be in a place that you feel comfortable. Um, this shouldn't be like the Zen meditation technique where your legs are pretzeled underneath you and you're not comfortable. We don't want you to be thinking about your legs. We don't want you to be thinking about too many other things. We want you to go through this process of visualization. So find a place that you feel comfortable. But don't find a place that's so comfortable that you'll fall asleep. Um, and and that's also a key with timing and how you time this. Um, be be cons consider where and when you do this. Um, laying in your own bed three minutes after you woke up and hit the snooze button on your on your phone is probably not the optimal and ideal time to do this. Um, Hypnagogic state. Correct, except that um, I was going to bring that point in, but um, there is this special amazing window where this can be beneficial, but that window will close if you fall asleep. So... Just keep that in mind, that you want to make sure that you're in a position where you can get through this meditation and through this visualization technique um, all the way through without falling asleep. So make sure it's comfortable. Um, and then the other way, basic way that you would want to begin to utilize this script is also in your training, which means um, actually boots on the ground, putting miles in, one foot in front of the other, doing the work of your running. Um, it's funny because when Kristen and I began first talking about this idea of visualization, she kind of was like, well, I almost never visualized not running. I mean, I think the only, you said to me, one the, you mostly visualized when you were out on the road, um, which was really s surprising to me. Yeah. I mean, I did a good bit 
with meditation. I mean, I don't typically, yeah, I did a decent amount with like sitting. I call it meditation. I wasn't meditating in the traditional sense, but rather just sitting and being quiet and running through visualizing my race. So I don't know. I did some. Yeah. Um, so these two different places that you'll be utilizing this practice, um, you know, and, and so what you're going to be doing um, basically in both scenarios is to um, take that script that you've written and get it honed and get it fine-tuned and get it to a place um, with each of these three or four or five different positions on the race course that you'll be utilizing. And you want to um, sit down and you've written the script, make sure you know what it says, and then you want to sit down and spend the time to actually visualize what you wrote. And this is important. You want to spend about a, about a week, I would suggest. Um, you could do this seven days um, or you could do it three to four days. Um, it just depends upon your level of commitment to the process. Um, the one note to that effect is that the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, the more you do it, the more you believe it. And the more you do it, the better your end experience will be of the visualization. Because the negative weird feels about this is kind of cheesy and dumb will go away because you'll start to get a better and better visualization and um, the experience will become much, much better. So whether you do it two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, seven days a week, whatever it is, you decide how you're going to play that out with your quiet meditation. And um, in that experience of that, you just want to run through first way through the first week is just going through it and screwing it up. Like, don't worry so much about how well you you follow your script. Your script was there to actually give you the best plan of attack to then do it. It's like, you're not going to be able to, in your movie, hold your script in front of your hand and read your script while you're acting in the movie. So you're going to have to go through practice phases where you don't do it exactly perfect, but you're starting to get into the actual body of the character that you're acting. And in your case, it's the race that you're trying to run on that given day. And messing it up a little bit, maybe it brings in some new experiences. Um, but all you want to do is just do it as many times as you can and do it for about seven days. And then after that, take the next step. So the next step would be, um, oh, what I mean, to, what I need to go back and then after you've done your meditation or done your visualization, then just critique yourself and, and fine-tune your script and cut out things that are too much to handle, add things that you may have come up with during the process, whatever the case may be, utilize that experience. Um, and then uh, that way you've got the best script you can possibly get and that you've worked through it and you've spent multiple sessions working through and trying to get that optimal script. Um, and the next step is what I'm going to ask you to do is to get a video recorder, every single phone, if you have an, a, a smartphone, you have a video recorder. Um, if you don't, you can download, for, download one for free at, on, from your app store. Download a video recorder and read your script or read your story or read the exact way that you want your script to be played out for yourself with the exact tone of voice that you want to exactly the way that you want to. Get it right. Do it one time, 10 times, 30 times, 50 times. It doesn't matter. Get that script just right. And then start playing that as your visualization technique in that quiet time. And utilize it for now you don't have to think through it. Now you've got a hard-fought, well-worn 
personally applicable script that you can follow for your visualization and do that for about a week. Utilize that script for a week and listen to it. Um, and then go back if you need to and retune it and fine tune that. This is a living document. This is something that is absolutely able to be changed and modified to get the best experience of, it, of this as you possibly can. And then after you've done that for a week and you've got the best script that you can possibly do, then just alternate all the way up into your race, sometimes utilizing your recorded script and sometimes doing it without the recorded script, going back and forth as you feel, whatever feels best for you, you have now two basic tools that can help you visualize effectively in the quiet of your own room. The impact and the power of this, especially if you've put feelings into this game, um, they're, they're almost a magic wand, Kristen. I mean, it's pretty damn close to a magic wand. I mean, as close as you're going to get to a magic wand, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I fully, wholeheartedly believe in visualization. So, so um, now the next part, well, the, the part of utilizing these visualization techniques in runs, because that's also important, because it's one thing to get the benefit of, a, of an activity um, in the quiet of your own room, which can be very valuable and very helpful, but it's another thing altogether to do it when you're actually out on the course. So what suggestions would you give to people for how they could utilize um, this scripting or even maybe anything that, that is just out there that happens in the moment that they can utilize to take this hard work that they've done to visualize and script and, and practically apply it in a way that might have an impact on their race on race day. Yeah, I mean, I would just break it up into pieces, right? Because it's gonna be pretty rare that you're gonna be able to go through the whole thing um, on any given run, but I would practice every single run you go on from now until race day. Um, you're just going through some part of this visualization script that you've come up with. Um, and and different parts of it may resonate more than others. You know, for me, like I said, the finish was always a big deal. Um, because then you can hold on to that, you know, if say the finish is what you practiced with a lot, um, and you're at mile 10 of a race and you're already feeling like oh can I do this or not and that's just in your head right that's not your body your body's ready for for what you're doing that is all in your head and so maybe you hold on to that feeling that you rehearse through a million times about how it's going to feel um, to see your family and your teammates and your husband or your wife or your coach at um, at the finish line what it's going to feel like to look at to look at the clock and see that you've done it um, so I think just just taking different parts and it's a lot like a mantra right we've talked about mantras before in that um you you th you think you have in your head like you know what's going to work and then when you actually practice it no matter how badass that mantra was maybe it doesn't work for you and the same is true with this so practice different parts of it on on different runs and just see what resonates with you and and then you fine-tune that like steve was saying and um and you practice that even more, but I would definitely say, I mean, every run has its purpose and there are obviously runs that you just want to shut down and shut off and, and, and run and definitely do that, especially in the days leading up to your race. You know, that's really important to decompress that way. But, um, on other days when you're feeling like you want to work on something, I would, I would use this at different points throughout your run. Because you you never know what's going to come up, and you know hopefully you guys all keep 
really detailed um, handwritten <laughs> training logs and, and, and write all that down. So maybe you really thought that, that visualizing your family at the finish line was going to work for you and it didn't write that down and then, and then, you know, fine tune it, change that. Um, because you never know what's going to work and what doesn't. Yeah, we're at an hour, and if you've spent this much time listening to us talk <laughs> about this particular topic, then you're probably bought in, or at least you're bought into the idea of it. So if you are bought into the idea of it, my ask of you is to just start. Just start with these basic precepts that we've given you, this basic outline that we've given you, which is really easy to implement. And we didn't spend a ton of time on the practice part of it because we're pretty sure that if you script effectively and you script appropriately and you bring all five senses and then the sixth sense in, that you'll be in a position where you've got a really, really amazing script that you're going to be able to utilize. The impact and power of this is beyond description, in my opinion. And the athletes that are doing this, the athletes that you see on television are all utilizing this kind of visualization technique to get their results. Um, at least the ones who are less talented than the ones that they're competing against that maybe the ones that shouldn't be there. They're certainly utilizing these techniques to get them to the place that they need to be. And so there's some real, there's some really like, oh, well, my heroes are doing this or somebody I can look up to is doing this. I'm sure they are. But I think that perhaps most important in this whole process, to me at least, is that I think that over the years I've begun to realize just how much more we're writing our own story. And um, many times the story that we're writing ends up hitting us in some kind of random way in which we feel like all we're doing is bouncing along like a pinball that's been shot by the gods into a pinball machine and we're just getting knocked hither, thither, wherever it goes and maybe we have a chance before the ball goes out down into the pit to shoot it back up to give us another chance at some kind of random hitting of the balls against the walls to give us the points that we're trying to get. Well, this process of visualization is a way for you to write your own story. It's to write your own story about this particular race that is coming up. But I think that these visualization techniques utilized consistently, especially if you utilize them with the idea of your affirmations, can be a complete game changer in your life in general. So while we're not utilizing this podcast yet to talk about real life scenarios all the time, um, there is some serious practical applicability about this stuff to your real life. Um, and I just don't know how any one of you wouldn't want to be in the position where you felt like you were scripting your own story and telling your own story. So anyway, with that, we'll end this episode. And um, Kristen, do you have anything else you want to share with the crew? Nope, I'm good. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Um, again, we spent a couple of episodes going off on our own personal story. This one was more of a practical application. Hopefully it was enjoyable and usable for you. Um, if you have feedback, we'd love to hear about it. Um, you can reach me at sisson at telosrunning.com. That's S-I-S-S-O-N at telos, T-E-L-O-S, running.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next week, take care.